Welcome to Fallout Off The Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. And sponsored in part by Criticide Supply, your number one stop to shop in Megaton. And now, on to our show. Hi everyone and welcome to Fallout Off The Record episode 36. I'm your host Rick McVick and with us tonight as always is Shaleen. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, we have a big episode for you guys tonight. Uh, the Fallout DLC was announced and other various news and some great stuff and some other stuff like great announcements and we'll get to that a little later. I rambled on too much already. Let's get into our ads. We are Tonight we are sponsored by TweaksAudio.com. If you are in need of headphones like mine, these awesome little white ones, um, I believe I got these at Tweaked. I hope I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Anyway, um, if you want to get new headphones or new earbuds, you can head over to TweakedAudio.com and enter our code off the record, which is all one word, for 30% off your purchase and free shipping worldwide. So if you want to get some new headphones, that's off the record, all one word, at TweakedAudio.com at checkout. We're also sponsored by Audible, with which if you go to AudibleTrial.com slash Network and um, sign up for their free 30-day trial, you'll get a free audiobook of your choosing. Uh, and Shaleen recommends tonight, Daughter of Smoke and Bone by... Lainey Taylor. There we go, Lainey Taylor. Uh, so yeah, so head to audibletrial.com slash Network for your free audiobook when you sign up for their 30-day trial. Um, you can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com slash Network and sign up for one of our little reward tiers there. You can also make one-time donations by going to questgamingnetwork.com and using our PayPal link. And also Nine Financially, which is, I think, the best way to help our show out, is by just sharing us on your social media. Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Uh, I think that would be the best way to help us out. So in tonight's episode, we have a ton of news because we took off last week. Um, and uh, by the way, I hope you guys enjoyed that last podcast. I wasn't able to salvage the video because, again, the Brotherhood of Steel took it and they've got mini guns. I don't. But I, I think I might be able to hack in a little bit and get a few bits and pieces from that Riley's Rangers quest and uh, put them up on the YouTubes, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so we have some news, ton of news, uh, gameplay from the last couple of weeks from me and Shaleen, some lore, which tonight is all about the Mechanist, and Weapon of the Week. And then, guys, prepare yourselves. We have a huge, huge announcement. To us, it's huge. Um, Hold on to your butts. <laughs> yeah, so that's coming up after the weapon of the week. Actually, after our emails, actually. Um, so yeah, and then we have a few listener emails. But let's go ahead tonight and get started, because we have a ton of it. Let's go ahead and get started in the news. If you like news, you're going to love our next segment. What happened in the world of Fallout the last two weeks, Shalene? We've got a lot of news this week, as you've already said, because we uh, <laughs> haven't been here for two weeks. And uh, there was a lot of, of interesting things going on. <laughs> Chat room's <laughs> cracking me up already. Yeah, I know which one you're laughing at. This first thing comes from Game Rant. Fallout 5 was maybe leaked? Hmm? Maybe kind of leaked? Ryan uh, Alozio? I, I'm sure I mispronounced that, and I apologize to Mr. <laughs> Alozio and anyone who shares his name. He's the voice actor for Deacon, and he might have accidentally kind of announced Fallout 5 on Instagram. He posted, Internally, there is movement gearing up for the pre-production of Fallout 5. Shh, obviously I can't get into any details at all right now, but it will be a very interesting journey moving forward. And then he deleted the post. So, uh, so chances are he's probably not going to be in the next Fallout. Yeah, that's, that's what I got out of that. It might be legit, because that would not be the first time that a voice actor leaked or uh, or announced something ahead of time. Really? I know uh, there was a three-dog actor Fallout 4 tease um, some time ago, and I believe he was authorized to do that. Oh. And I know that there was a Kingdom Hearts thing a few years ago that the, the voice actor for Goofy uh, leaked something. <laughs> yeah, hmm. so... The article that I read on Game Ramp posited that maybe it isn't actually Fallout 5, but some kind of a New Vegas-style non-numbered sequel, or possibly a Fallout Online project. So, I um, don't know. I would hope for some sort of Vegas-style non-numbered sequel, actually. Me too, just something uh, using the same assets. Just, uh... The desert. Mm-hmm. That kind of... 
lone wanderer, rebel of the night, desert wind in your hair kind of feel that New Vegas gave you. <laughs> Luis in the chat room says, Deacon's known to always lie, so why is anyone surprised? <laughs> that's, <laughs> you have a point. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting that it was the Deacon voice actor, because to me that indicates that Deacon will be part of the next the next Fallout project. But then Rick reminded me that Bethesda only uses a stable of six to eight voice actors for, <laughs> for all the parts. Yeah, so it might not even be so, Deacon. So it might not be Deacon, it might just be him doing something else. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm... I mean, either ahead. way, are we actually surprised by that? Because we knew that like the second they were done... Fallout 4, they were probably already started on whatever they had planned for another Fallout game anyway. Of course. We, uh, they're working on something, and of we'll course. see it eventually, and it will make us happy. We hope. <laughs> so according to, uh, I saw this on Bethesda's UK Community Manager's Twitter account, hmm. Sarah Wellick. Nuka Girl, I think, is her, her Twitter. I'm not sure. <laughs> Bethesda has some BAFTA nominations, uh, and that's kind of a big deal in terms of video game awards. They're kind of uh, one of the more prestigious video game awards. Fallout 4 has been nominated for Best Game and Best Music, and Fallout Shelter is nominated for Best Handheld. Awesome. So congratulations, and, and best of luck with the BAFTAs. Yes, congratulations. Todd Howard's been doing a lot of interviews lately. <laughs> lots and lots of interviews. And this one was with PC Gamer. He clarified the three big projects comment. Uh, you remember we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. He said that they had three big projects in progress that were mm. unlike anything they'd ever done before. Yeah. Here's the quote. I should have never said a number because we have so many things. You could add it up in different ways. You could see it's bigger or smaller. They're a long way off. I think the larger point was, no one should expect to hear about those anytime soon. We always overlap projects, we just have more going on now than we had before. Basically what he did was, he threw a grenade in a room and out came a super mutant overlord Primus and he did, he's now trying to backpedal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that caused so much speculation. I know we were over here speculating and uh, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's like, calm down, guys. Because at this point in development, who knows if these things will even come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll who see. knows? He also said that they're working on some VR things that they are not ready to talk about yet. You know, so, it's, I want to also mention that on my personal Twitter page, at Rick McVick, um, I have a little poll going of, like, um, about VR. If people think it's either a fad or like the next big, th like, is it going to be like the next power glove kind of thing? Mm -hmm. um, like the virtual boy or that weird, like Vectatron thing that had the flippy screen that was like popular in like 1998 or something. Is it going to be like that? Or is it going to be like a big staple in video gaming? Um, yeah. Is it going to be the super Mario 64 that, that brings us into the next next dimension of gaming. I, I kind of think it's going to be more along the lines of a fad, but then again, mm -hmm. I've, I'm known to be always wrong. But anyway. I really want to try it, but I, mm -hmm. uh, I really don't want to spend all that money until I've tried it, but I also live in the middle of nowhere, so I'm never going to try it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I would like to give it a shot, too. I mean, mm -hmm. I've only tried, like, the cardboard... VR goggles with like an iPhone and and that's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. So I could I could see why it'd be pretty awesome. I just can't see sitting like down for like eight hours wearing something on my head that close to my eyes. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's just me. I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested, and uh, we'll see where it goes. That we will. So then. The next piece I also saw on Twitter, Bethesda's Twitter account. The city of Cambridge sent Bethesda a congratulatory letter on the release of Fallout 4. I thought this was so great. It was a bunch of flowery official language, uh, a big document wow. with a lot of whereas. Um, and basically it just says, thanks for including it, including us in your rad game as the Institute. <laughs> I don't it know it was really neat. I don't know if that's necessarily like, you know, thank you for making us the like... Scourge well, the way that they mankind. worded it was not like, hey, you know, uh, we're the villain. They kind of ignored that and said, you know, you acknowledge the power of MIT. <laughs> <laughs> I 
What is that saying about MIT? Like, what's the backhanded uh, <laughs> dialogue there? Yeah. Like, Todd Howard will no longer exist because he got too close to what we were really doing. <laughs> Maybe so. Anyways, I thought that was a really cool thing. So, just wanted to, to mention that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Here's another Todd Howard interview. This was with <laughs> GamesIndustry.biz. He discussed a potential Fallout movie. The gist of this interview is, I don't rule it out, but nothing has clicked yet. And it sounds like they worry it wouldn't be quite right. You know, like like they hadn't nailed it yet. And they would worry about the details. So, You know, the um, I forget which game show it was. Oh, America's Funniest Home Videos. They had like the little pads on their seats to vote for whatever video they thought was the funniest. Like, it'll be like that in the movie theaters. Like, this, this decision's about to go down, then the like the movie pauses, and it's like, what should he do next? Choice number mm-hmm. one, two? You, like, choose your own adventure movie. <laughs> That's the only way that I would could... Be, that could actually be pretty rad. <laughs> it's the only way I could see it working, because the problem with, like, Fallout games is if... Or the problem with, like, games like that as a movie is you have to make it about some, some NPC. You can't make mm-hmm. it about, like, a lone wanderer, or it can't be, you know, related to any sort of current Fallout game. It has to be something that we can't manipulate outside of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have to be like uh, Bobby No-No's the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, sure. Or Moira Brown (laughs) goes to town. (laughs) Moira Brown goes to Megatown. Well. I know that's not how you pronounce it, but it makes sense why they would be skeptical over a Fallout movie. And I'm glad that they are. If they were enthusiastic about it, I'd be very, very scared. I think a Fallout movie could be cool, but we'd have to uh, kind of... It would have to be something that we could really divorce ourselves from the, from thinking about the game. Right. And watch it for its own apocalyptic goodness. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, the next thing is our, our big item of the week. Mm-hmm. Automatron trailer and details have been revealed. The first DLC for Fallout 4. Available on all platforms March 22nd. That's Tuesday. The next Tuesday, if you're listening to this show pretty pretty soon or right now. You must be level 15 to play the DLC. Uh, I don't think that should be too big of a problem. No. (laughs) I don't know why they made it so low, actually. Thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Because the last ones for New Vegas were, what, 20, 22, somewhere around there? Something like that. Yeah. They recommended a pretty high level. Mm-hmm. You can create custom robot companions. They revealed the first one that you can customize today on Twitter. Oh, I missed they it. They said it, her name was Ada, and uh, she looked like an Assaultron. So. Ada? Mm-hmm. Ada. Ada. Probably. Hmm. You can, uh, there are quests, there's a quest line, so that's... I I hope so. Well, you know, there are some people that were wondering if it was just the robot thing, but there are quests, that is officially confirmed. There's also a new holotape game. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I don't know, I don't know what kind of game it's going to be, but I like the holotape games, and I also like finding the holotape games. (laughs) The beta invites went out a week ahead... So congrats to our listeners that got one. I know we had at least two people tweet at us. Oh, did they? they? Sweet. Mm -hmm. So congrats to those. They're under NDA, though, so uh, they can't really talk about what they've been doing or they will be uh, removed from the beta program. Yeah, so I'm excited to play Automatron. I am, too. Uh, I was actually talking to my wife about how I wanted to take off the Friday um, before the show, after the DLC comes out, so I could play through it you know, thoroughly and play a good chunk of it since I didn't get the beta invite. Um, but then I realized it was Good Friday and I already have off, so yes! <laughs> I'll be playing a ton of Fallout that day, so... And I, I hope Shaleen will too, so we can come to you with, like, fresh knowledge of the, of the DLC. The plan. If you haven't, you know, if you don't have it yourself yet. Yeah. Mm. This also marks the end of Silence. Yes! I'm so excited about that. Yes. We can We can stop... Uh, the the spoiler warnings the uh, yeah I mean we haven't the safety done it. is off yeah we've never we, it's not like we've been like you know we kind of haven't been too worried about it since we announced that the TLC <laughs> would be 
Yeah. The it, ending point of spoilers. This point is just like... <laughs> so... But anyway... Um. But we won't spoil the DLC ending for you right away. So... <laughs> there, there won't be all the spoilers. Anyways, I, it sounds like our chat room's very excited about, about all the spoilers. So... Yeah. Glad we can give the people what they want. <laughs> Do you like to go on video game forums, Rick? I, I don't go on any forums except for maybe. Oh forums. no, I lied. I've been on like frequenting Guild Wars two forums re, uh, recently. Well, I used to spend a lot of time on forums. I don't really lately. But if you are somebody that enjoys forums and talking about rad games like Fallout, then Bethesda has got some new forums at Bethesda.community.net. So you can go there. It's a very slick website. It has the the kind of uh, cubes like the uh, new Bethesda.net does. And you can just go there and discuss all things Bethesda. Go ahead. (laughs) Yep, just go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do that right now. (laughs) No, no. Don't listen to Shaleen. She's crazy. Crazy, I tell you. (laughs) Okay, wait till the show is over, then go. (laughs) Yes. So our next item came from one of our listeners, BitJuice. He tweeted us a cool song that he made using only sounds from Fallout 4. Did you listen to it, Rick? Yep. It's really cool. You need to go listen to it after the show because it's it's actually very cool. Um, BitJuice, I actually texted Rick about it. So you did. (laughs) I will. I will. I will check it out. Maybe we'll play it on the show if he gives us permission, so we can all hear it. Yeah, he gave us permission. That's what I texted you, Rick. (laughs) Okay. You see, he doesn't have to be playing video games to not pay attention to me. <laughs> but anyways, it's a very cool video, and you should all go to BitJuice's YouTube page and watch that. The song is called Wasteland Cocktail, and it's freaking rad. And uh, Bethesda retweeted him. Yeah, uh, I, I saw, saw him on GameSpot this morning. So Whoa, nice. Congratulations. You did a good job, and I'm glad that you're getting this recognition for it. Mm-hmm. Our next item came from Games Radar. Who's a good dog, Rick? Dog meat. Dog meat's a good dog. And dog meat's good dogness was officially recognized at the CW's World Dog Awards, which I did not know was a thing. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> dog meat was awarded top video game dog. What? That's a that's a category. That's a category. Beating out Metal Gear's D Dog and GTA 5's Chop. I'm a big fan of Chop the Dog from GTA 5. I wouldn't. I, I don't. Big fan of Chop the Dog. I, I really enjoy Chop. But I, I enjoy Dog Meat more. And congratulations to Dog Meat. Bethesda shared a pick of the award, which was a golden fire hydrant. I saw that. <laughs> along thought... with... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I thought that was funny. That's all. It's very funny. And uh, River, the real-life model for Dog Meat, uh, who is really, really a nice dog. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to, like, train an animal to do half the stuff that they got that dog to do. So mm-hmm. they definitely deserved recognition on that. That dog definitely deserves some recognition. So, yeah, is that it for the news? Are we done? Did we That's clear it, it all out? That's it for the news. Oh, man. Uh, and we will get to more DLC talk um, next week after it comes out. So, yeah, we didn't spend too much time, but it is the big was the big thing for today. But we have some gameplay for the week. Now, it's been a while since we've seen each other. Um, last week's episode was supposed to be a live, uh, not a live stream, but a Let's Play that didn't really turn out to be playable at all, uh, as far as the video is concerned. Um, yeah, anyway, but it was a lot of fun. And that was in Fallout 3, and that made me really fall back in love with Fallout 3 again. And we are definitely going to be doing more classic episodes because that just kind of lit a fire under our, in our bellies for, for some classic Fallouts. Um, but beyond that, I played some Fallout 4 and I was still hanging around with Paladin Dance. And for some reason, I was starting to do like a lot of the Brotherhood of Steel side quests or the Radiant quests. I'm trying to get his perk, but I can't get his perk and he won't like me or have dialogue with me anymore. Um, that's anything other than like the basic stuff did you do blind betrayal yet i don't know how to trigger that i mean mm. i know how to trigger it but i'm i'm a far away from triggering it because okay you, then you just can't 
I thought you can get his per- you can get his perk before that. Can't you, you can't get his perk without blind betrayal. Okay, then maybe that's why. I thought I'd gotten it already. Well, it's beyond that knowledge, I got frustrated with it and told him to go home, and I went and got McCready, and I started running around with him. So I started the first mission of the I think the long road ahead is his quest line, and took out the two raiders that were the two gunners that were giving him trouble at the overpass, and. Uh, the way I always do it from down there is I always like start sniping up from the ground, which is kind of counterintuitive as a sniper, but then I go up and wreak havoc. I started doing a lot of miscellaneous missions because I was looking for side quests, um, exploring for unmarked locations and talking to people that I wouldn't mm-hmm. normally talk to. And I can't seem to find a lot of side quests, which made me think about it. There aren't a lot of side quests in this one. I don't feel like as much as Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Because I remember looking at my quest logs in those games, and it was just like, like, ugh, like there's so much to do. And in this one, the miscellaneous stuff is almost like Skyrim's miscellaneous stuff, where you're just kind of like, eh. I don't feel like dealing with like those like fetch things. Um, but even Skyrim had like a ton of side quests, and I don't seem to be able to find a lot of these side quests. So maybe that's, uh, you know, I'm just not looking in the right places. But, um, and as I was playing through, I was playing for quite a few hours, and, like, nothing random happened, and it was kind of getting, getting, uh, uh, you know, stressful, because I was, like, looking for stuff, and couldn't find anything, and, you know, nothing crazy was happening, none of my settlements were getting attacked for some strange reason. I was just hoping for, like, a settlement to get attacked so I could do something. Um, so I I put the game away. I decided before burning myself out, which I do tend to do on these games, because I play them for long streaks at a time... I'm just going to set it down till the DLC comes out. And um, so that's what my plan is. And uh, yeah, so we'll pick that back up. And also, uh, I wanted to say that going forward, please email us with like quest suggestions because maybe we'll like do uh, like let's plays of those or live streams of those. Because that, you know, Shaleen can tell you going back to Fallout 3 and doing Riley's Rangers and just like, oh man, forgot how awesome this game was. It was so fun. Yeah, it was it was so cool. I like I died. It was such a challenge to play that uh play that way again. But um anyway, yeah, so that was pretty much my gameplay for the week. Nothing spectacular. What happened with you? Well, I've also been kind of taking a break until the DLC comes out. Um I did have a few things I wanted to talk about though. Um I found this lady named Phyllis and she thought she was a synth. Have you found <laughs> Phyllis? I have. I forget where she's at. Phyllis was... Okay. We've talked a lot about... Uh, in the past about how... One of the beautiful things about Fallout... Is that it's so dark... But also so funny... Mm-hmm. And, and just... Poignant, you know? And, and I felt like Phyllis was one of those things. It's totally ridiculous... How this lady's so convinced she's a synth. But the reason why... Is so sad... So sad. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, I, I really felt like Phyllis was one of those perfect fallout moments. Uh, I should have written down where she was. So if you haven't found Phyllis, you should go find Phyllis. Yeah, I can't it's, remember where uh, she was either. Really neat. But I I, uh, I felt really bad for Phyllis. It was, it was rough. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so I was doing Radiant Quests. And uh, Preston Gravy sent me to go save somebody that had been kidnapped. And I was going to, uh, I I may have the initials wrong, the Bureau of Alcohol and and Firearms and Lasers. Um, I love the lasers. Like the the BADFL or whatever. The (laughs) BATFL. I don't remember. Yeah, that thing. But I was there. And there was a kidnapped person and I'm going through uh, this building, just clearing it out, and I'm doing so good. And uh, I was kind of sniping with uh, with my bull barrel 44. It was going really well. And then I landed this perfect headshot, totally on accident, on the kidnap victim. I was like, how do I explain this to her sister? Wow. I I can't say I've ever done that. <laughs> yeah. So I felt really badly about that. And I, I just left. And uh, yeah, it was bad. 
Have been to General Atomics? What? Hmm? What? The chat room. What's the chat room saying? Shaleen, you pulled a Rick. I have never, ever shot a hostage. Yeah, uh, Rick's actually, he's, he intentionally shoots people. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't accidentally kill the victim. Um, Rick only kills the people he means to kill. That's, that's true. In a way, that's uh, chivalrous. Yeah. I guess. But Leave the sniping to Rick, they say I should. I was going to say, like, I am the knight here. I don't miss. Mm-hmm. Intentionally. And I am the scribe, and I pulled a Barney Fife. <laughs> <laughs> Took the bullet out of your shirt pocket when you shouldn't have. Yes, I should have left the bullet in my pocket. Put the one round in the chamber and bang, shot yeah. the hostage in the head. That's exactly how it went. I really hope somebody else gets that reference. So awesome. Have you been to General Atomics? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been to the Miss Nanny training area? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. There's oh. this whole area in General Atomics that is a, a uh, like the quality assurance area for the Miss Nanny robots, which are the, the robots like Curie, basically the uh the lady version of the Mr. Handy. Yes. And uh, so you go in and, and there's this voice that it describes to you, like, you know, you're going to be uh, going through this quality assurance program and, and uh, just follow the instructions to make sure you're, you're operating correctly. And I go in the first room and she's like, uh, you know, Timmy broke a vase or whatever, you know, <laughs> punish the child. And at this point, I get a glitch that makes the quest unfinishable. Oh. And there's this constant loop of this uh, Curie robot voice saying, punish the child. The (laughs) child needs discipline. Punish the child. And I was like, have I just not done the correct thing to solve this quest? So I looked it up. And no, I had had done the right thing to, to progress the quest. I just had this horrible glitch. So... I'm very sad that I was not able to to make that, to finish that. But that sucks. It's a very fun little string of goofiness. I recommend going and checking that out. But any time that I go into General Atomics now for any reason, punish the child. <laughs> the child needs discipline. Would you kindly punish the child? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to be like hearing this voice in my head. <laughs> Anyway, so I uh, I played through the alternate endings for the for the achievements. Oh, the cool. ones that yeah, I just loaded up a, a strategic save point in Virgil's cave and uh, went and played through the storyline with each different faction, which was cool. And awesome. I went to Libertalia with the Institute, mm-hmm. and uh, I've talked about Libertalia a lot, but I found a terminal that I hadn't really noticed there yet. And it was talking about these people that like, hey, you know, we found this rad boat and we cleared out the Mirelurks, we're setting things up. And I was like, this is really neat. This is like the history of the people that had this boat before the raiders came. And you keep reading on and you find out that those people are the raiders. And it's the it just sort of documents their slow decline into being terrible people. Oh, boy. And I recommend going and finding that terminal and reading it. It's in the same room that you find Les Fossiles Terribles and uh, <laughs> the French Terrible Shotgun. <laughs> which, uh, Pretty much what I would so call I, it. I recommend going to find that terminal because it's one of those really excellent storytelling moments that Fallout does so well. And I wanted to talk a little bit about my endings, and I'm not spoiling anything here still, but while I'm very happy with my world state in the, in my main save file, all of the other endings that I didn't choose were more fun to play. <laughs> they, they, were, they were all more fun than the one that I chose. It's weird and sad to have to turn on your friends, but I did enjoy wearing like faction-appropriate clothing and uh, and just sort of role-playing the loyalty to the factions. It was very, very interesting. I uh, 
did a McCready romance in one of those, and he's a very sappy boyfriend. That was uh, really, it's really funny. He's so uh, hard-boiled and, and kind of sneery, you know, all the time. But then when you're dating him, he's like, you're so special. <laughs> you're so special to me. <laughs> the day you told me you loved me was the best day of my life. Wow. He just turns into a Lifetime movie. Nah. <laughs> Wait, so he hits you? <laughs> Not that kind of Lifetime movie. Oh, okay. A Hallmark movie, maybe, is better. That's probably better. Mm-hmm. I will say that fighting alongside a minigun-wielding Maxon was the best. Ooh, that does sound right. The best. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. But it was weird being all ad victorium without that certain someone. <laughs> I was going to say, you're just walking along with them, just machine guns ablaze mm-hmm. and going, yeah, I don't agree with any of this, but yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> it's like laugh cry. <laughs> when I was doing the Brotherhood ending, I, I killed a lot of people, Rick. I, I killed some people that maybe didn't deserve to die. Oh, I know what that's like. And, I, really, uh, I know what that's like. I got back home to the gas station and Preston Garvey was furious with me. <laughs> he was like yelling at me, like so mad. And I thought, man, this is great. This is the first time that I haven't hated the Preston Garvey voice acting. And I feel like I would have liked him more as a character if he would have gotten riled up a little more often. So that's what I had for Fallout gameplay. I did have one more thing I wanted to talk about. If you don't mind, Rick, I'd like to take the podcast off the rails. Go right ahead. Okay. I'm not sure where this is going, though. Thus off the rails, I guess. So I was playing. I've been playing through some of my backlog, and I played the uh, Walking Dead Michonne first episode the other day. And this game has got this villain in it, right, that's a horrible villain. And there's, you know, no, no empathetic qualities to this villain. And yet I kind of liked him. I felt inclined to kind of trust him and... I thought, what's wrong with me? You know, what's, uh, why do I not hate this guy? And finally, after I've spent the whole episode worrying about this, and I decide, um, I decide that it's his voice, right? So I look up his voice actor, and it's Elder Maxon. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> so anyways, the, I finished the game, whatever. It's, it was a short game. And then I started up Life is Strange, which is phenomenal. If you haven't played Life is Strange, I highly recommend it to all of our listeners. And uh, I'm playing Life is Strange, and there's this, like, creepy janitor character. And I think, oh, yeah, you know, that's also Elder Maxon, <laughs> a.k.a. Derek Phillips is the gentleman's real name. I'm like, yeah, this creepy janitor is Elder Maxon. How cool. And, uh... I'm playing Life is Strange, and I get a, a message over uh, Steam from one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Del Corin. If that's wrong, then I apologize. And he's like, hey, you know, that's a cool game. Did you see the Fallout 4 connection? And I'm like, Elder Maxon the janitor? Yeah, that's so cool. He's like, wait, Elder Maxon was the janitor? <laughs> Life Elder really Maxon is strange. was also the hot teacher uh, in, in Life is Strange. So he has a similar haircut to Elder Maxon. Uh, but anyways, I just thought I just wanted to mention that I've spent so much time listening to Elder Maxon, and I really I'm inclined to like Elder Maxon because he's so darn cool looking that um, I end up liking liking other characters that I'm not supposed to. So just wanted to mention that. <laughs> that is funny. Um, one thing that you did mention before. Oh, um, you were. Adorning uh, the correct attire for the faction that you were fighting with. Um, since I was, you know, palling around with Paladin Dance, I found the uh, Scribes Brotherhood of uh, Steel Scribes armor, which is like the backpack and the hat and yeah. the gloves. It's awesome looking. I love it because for like the sniper look, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. kind of doing some snipey stuff just to take a take a break from all the wasting of ammo. And uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't at all protect your body in any way, shape, or form, and you can't modify <laughs> it, which really is a bummer. Yeah, I went through the whole uh, railroad ending wearing the covert sweater vest. That was <laughs> occasionally rough. <laughs> that yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I just I wish uh, I wish they would have let you 
modify all armor in that game because there's some really cool Me stuff too. that you just can't you can't modify and that really really sucks. But yeah, so awesome. That's awesome. I I'm kind of in the mood to play Fallout 4 now, so I have to disappoint everyone who's doing raids tonight. So mm-hmm. do play some Fallout. Uh, but we this is the uh, this week is the official ending of two weeks ago's gameplay challenge, in which uh, the challenge was beat the game at the lowest level possible. We actually had some takers, which was impressive because that was a big time commitment. Um, so let's go ahead and get get into that real quick. And here we have our first one. That one is Scott Ray, and he did it at level twenty one, which is pretty impressive. I think he said he was going to try it again and see if he could do a lower level. So update us if you do, Scott. Yeah. And then next. The Dark Oak. 43. Which, that's about probably average if you're just going Mm -hmm. through it, not beelining through it. And then this guy. That's Jacob, a.k.a. Real Big Kong. (laughs) He was also at level 21. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. I wonder if they just beelined through it and didn't like try to sneak or anything like that I wonder how yeah that... i'd be interested to know like if you avoided if you went kind of pacifist and snuck past things and i don't know yeah i mean i would figure that, that would probably be the challenge yeah i figured that would be the best way to uh to do it is to sneak and not kill things or at least get your other dudes to to kill stuff so i gotta actually let's go ahead and get with the next challenge we have another challenge um this week and that is since the Automatron will be out next week. Show us your robot builds. I'm pretty sure a lot of you will be putting, will be putting in plenty of hours uh, in the DLC when it comes out. So send us a screenshot of your robot builds. That'd be pretty cool to see what you guys come up with. Uh, especially you, Captain Dumok. I'm pretty sure that you'll come up with something terrifying. <laughs> um, so yeah. Or alternate, if you're not getting the DLC, mod a troubleshooter weapon. What is the troubleshooter weapon? The troubleshooter is one of the legendary effects on the weapons, ah. and it's 50% damage to robots. So mod out a troubleshooter weapon and give it a bad pun for a name and send us your screenshots. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. Um, I wanted to make mention and see if you guys in the chat room or anyone listening, maybe even you, Shaleen, had the same problem. Uh, a guy at my work asked me how many companions you can have at a time. And I was under the impression that you could only have one companion at a time unless it was a temporary companion, correct? Right. Well, he had dance with him. And then he started the Citadel quest. No, no, no. Sorry. The castle quest. So Preston Garvey was with him, but he didn't finish it. So Preston Garvey is stuck with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He didn't have dance. But yeah, Preston Garvey got stuck with him. He went to the combat zone and got Kate and then started doing the... Um, I can't remember what the quest name is called, but the one where you take dog meat to go find uh, your wife's Kellogg. Yeah. So he had three different companions at one time. Granted, Dogmeat was temporary, but Preston Garvey was mm-hmm. stuck with him, but he wouldn't converse with him in any way except for saying, we've got to go back to the castle. Um, but he would still pal around with him. Although, I think he got a problem because he doesn't get any experience for their kills. Oh, wow. Yeah, so unless yeah, he shoots him first. So I don't, wow. know, I don't know if that's a common glitch or if, if that's... You know, a one-off thing. I'm pretty what? sure that's something that is easy to replicate. I, I think people have, have glitched themselves into multiple companions yeah. frequently. I still love uh, taking the uh, Eddie and another companion, Eddie and Boone. Yeah, I miss that. I really miss the New Vegas ability to have a human and a, a non-humanoid companion. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just... Uh, Vendertron in our chat room says, because your friends aren't dancing. If you don't dance, well, they ain't no friends of mine. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. I love it. But we must continue on with our lore this week. And Shaleen, what is our lore for this week? I'm excited for this one. I thought we could talk about the mechanist since he seems to feature so prominently in, uh, in the DLC, the, the, uh, automatron DLC. I'm sorry. I had a stroke on the air. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Totally forgot how to speak there for a minute. But I, I want to talk about the mechanist. There are three different mechanists in Fallout lore that we know about so far. First, there is the fictional mechanist. Well, they're all fictional, but you know what I mean. The fictional mechanist of the Fallout comics universe and the Silver Shroud radio show. The mechanist is a villain, the enemy to the Silver Shroud. 
He's actually Mayor Murphy of Boston in disguise. Spoilers for the Silver Shroud radio show. He believes that humanity is weak and should be replaced by his own robot army. Hmm. On Silver Shroud Radio, there's this storyline where Mayor Murphy fakes his own death to capture the Shroud and the Mistress of Mystery. And uh, as the mechanist, he fails to kill them because the Shroud cannot be harmed by his own weapon. And also, he is betrayed by one of his mob bots. Yes, he has mob bots. (laughs) And, And that's pretty awesome. Mob bot. The second mechanist is Fallout 3's mechanist, mm-hmm. a man named Scott Bean Walensky. Walensky is the self proclaimed superhero of Canterbury Commons. He is enemies with the antagonizer. Walensky was born to bean farmers until at the age of 15 he was sold to caravan merchants by his father, who hoped to give him a better life. I, I don't understand how he thought that would give him a better life to be sold into servitude maybe he meant for himself maybe maybe. like if i sent like if i sell my son i'll I'll have a better (laughs) life man well anyways he sold his kid and uh walensky traveled with the caravans working as an intentured servant until he was eventually able to buy his freedom and he settled in canterbury commons where he holed up in an old electronic store when the antagonizer began attacking the town, killing one of his robots, Walensky became the mechanist. In trying to protect the town with his robots, he frequently did as much damage as the antagonizer and her giant ants. As you saw in, uh, I believe it was episode three, that we did the... Uh, the uh, Yeah, we did that quest. What was that quest called? I don't remember. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> You're the scribe here. I'm the worst scribe. I can't remember the name. Chat room. The uh, superhuman gambit. Oh, there you go. I don't need you, chat room. The superhuman gambit. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Getting edgy with those guys, huh? I don't mean it. I love you, chat room. (laughs) Despite the mechanist's good intentions, the mechanist was seen by the people of Canterbury Commons as just as much of a nuisance as his arch enemy. And, uh, yeah. I, the third mechanist is the one that will appear in Fallout 4's Automatron DLC. We know nothing about him, or even whether it is a him. It could be a her. You know, I don't believe he spoke in the trailer, did he? I think he did at the very end. Did he? I think oh, never so. mind. Then it's a dude. Could have been a voice, autom- you know, trained. Yeah. Thing. Is he the same Scott Walensky that we met in the Capital Wasteland? Walensky was 40, and so would be 50 now, which is, is getting really elderly for uh for the wasteland you can see elder maxon looks like so worn and old and he's like 20 <laughs> but most importantly this new mechanist can we kill him and take his rad armor yes you know i did want to talk about that the whole okay not so much the robot minions but like the mechanist himself the artwork for the dlc and i guess yeah some of the some of the bots made it feel very whiz bang atomic 1950s again. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, okay, the yes. seriousness of fallout four has taken us as, you know, we did what we wanted to do. Now let's be a little crazy and we're going to give you kind of the wackadoo moments you got in fallout three. Um, and I am a huge fan of whiz bang atomic. And, um, when I saw the mechanists armor, I just was like, Oh Yes. Like, mm-hmm. finally, we're going back to that, like, bubbly artwork and that, you know, that, that look of what the future they thought looked like. Well, you know, like the World's Fair future mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, I had a couple of things here. Um, Tanner in the chat room says, but he has breasts. And, and the mechanism does look like he has a rather enlarged chest area in comparison to his waist. Like, a pretty, pretty... uh pretty busty ratio there. So that was something that I noticed as well, which was why I questioned whether it might be a, a man. But it may just be, you know, uh, some epic pecs. Who knows? So. Well, also, I mean, he was a comic book character from the 40s, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Well, that style. And if you look at a lot of those characters back in the day in, in real life, they had very, very, very skinny legs and skinny waists and broader tops. All of them did. Broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. Even if they weren't, yes. even if they weren't muscular, it was just the way that they drew the cartoons. So maybe it's kind of a play on that. I'm I'll be really reaching. And I also wanted to say uh, I forgot to put this in the notes. 
one of our sharp-eyed listeners mm. uh, on Twitter pointed out that the door in the in the trailer for Automatron looks just like the door from the Mechanist's lair in Fallout 3. I don't remember that door. It's really similar. The you know you uh I think you activate the coffee pot and it opens the door. <laughs> okay. But it has it's this big door with the two gear-like things that No, I don't remember that at all. It's a rad door and you should uh you should look it up on Google Image or something. I will. And the the door in the, the Automatron trailer looks very similar. So I wanted to, to point that out. And I apologize that I didn't write your name down, person on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but thank you. <laughs> Who pointed that out. Awesome. Okay. You know who you are. We love you. <laughs> is that, is that uh, all we have for the mechanist? Yeah. There seems to be a lot of silver shroudiness within, I guess because it takes place in Boston, but that's really cool how they were able to tie all that stuff in together. I'm really curious to see, especially now that we know it's a mechanist, if there's mm-hmm. going to be like some silver shroud crossover. Like, I'm definitely going to wear my shroud armor. Yeah, hopefully there's a... Yeah, hopefully you get to talk like that again through the whole quest line. That'd be really cool to see. Like if it kind of takes on that comic motif. But that leads us into our weapon of the week as well. The Protectron's Gaze. Now, this laser pistol appears in Fallout 3 and actually belongs to the mechanist in that game. The mini laser shotgun fires a tight spread of five laser beams while (laughs) expending only a single energy cell, which is awesome when guns do that in these games. It has a slower rate of fire and lower ammo capacity than a traditional laser pistol, but does more damage. The mechanist built the weapon using parts from a loyal robot assistant that was killed by the antagonizer. This was is this is what inspired him to become superhero, or super antihero. The weapon can be acquired by giving Wolinski the antagonizer's armor as a quest reward and cannot be looted from his corpse. So yeah, have you used this weapon at all, Shaleen? Uh Back in the day, during my first Fallout Three playthrough, I remember using this this weapon, but I remember liking it, but mostly just because it was special. You know, I can't remember in episode three when we did this quest. <laughs> did I go back to the mechanist wearing the antagonizer's armor? I think you did I because did. you were you talked to the mechanist first, and he named you Mechanical Dad, his sidekick. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then you came back wearing the antagonizer's armor, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like me. I can't believe. I that- remember saying Mechanical Lad, How could you? <laughs> It sounds like something I would do. Just like poking the bear, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're, I'm, I'm terrible. But yeah, so that's it for Weapon of the Week. Um, and that leads us into listener emails. Man, we are just moving along with this show. I thought for sure we would take forever with this show because of all the news. But man. Um, do you want to take the first one? Sure. Awesome. I'll start off by saying that I'm a big fan of Bethesda and that I'm as excited about the upcoming DLC as anyone else. That said, I feel like the value of their DLC is in serious decline. Fallout 3 got five add-ons with plenty of content and they cost inappropriate $10 each. Obsidian kept up this precedent by releasing four amazing add-ons for Fallout New Vegas, again, $10 each. Skyrim only got 2.5 add-ons that were comparatively light on content, and together they cost a whopping $45. The three add-ons that have been revealed for Fallout 4 could be described as small, small, and large, and they're priced at $40. At this point, it feels like Bethesda is pricing these DLC in a way that fills up their self-set quota of $60 worth of content. I could fill another email with how high my expectations should be for Far Harbor, considering it costs almost half of what Fallout 4 cost. I'm just afraid that $60 worth of Fallout 4 add-ons is going to be very different than $60 worth of Fallout 3 add-ons. Hmm. Just call me Angel of the Morning, Brad. <laughs> what, are you, what are your initial thoughts about this one? Well, I actually remember being a little disappointed in the Skyrim DLC. Um, I remember kind of, there was a point where I was just playing it to finish the achievements because I had to get my hundred percent back, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't crazy about Hearthfire. Uh, I just, I cared very little about Hearthfire. I I did like adopting a child. That was part of Hearthfire. That was fun. Um, filling my, uh, my little house with a, a husband and an urchin was pretty fun, but 
I remember like not being crazy about those those DLC. I don't know. It's been a long time since I played them. I love the Apocrypha area. I was gonna say I love Solsheim. Sol Sol Sol. However you say that. Solsheim. Solsheim. Yeah, that thing. This I, is why this is why we're not Elder Scrolls off the record. <laughs> I I thoroughly love that area. Um, just was that the one with the the treehouse, like yes. the mean elf in the treehouse? Yes, it was. Uh, it used to be part of Morrowind, so that's why it has that architecture, the dark elf architecture in the houses and stuff. And you have the that one righty thing. I forget what they were called. The netch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was like the giant net or something, but I loved that one. That was amazing. Dawn Guard was meh, and I liked Hearthfire just because it was fun. But he's got a point. The DLC yeah, I remember for, thinking they were not as good of a value as as I thought they should have been. Yeah, I, I, right. The um, but you got to remember there were a lot of free updates that added content that. When you think back to Oblivion, they charged you for, like the horse armor. Um, so, everyone forgets the horrible DLC that was okay. Oblivion's DLC. Okay. So, the horse armor. I love that, like, Bethesda was so ahead of their time with horse armor. Because it was just this cosmetic update that you did nothing for the stats of your horse or anything. It was just, you know, this aesthetic thing. And now, like, 99% of DLC <laughs> that's available is just cosmetic things, like skins for your horse. I right. just, uh, I love that so much. I mean, if you just look at Guild Wars 2's, uh, if you just look at Guild War 2's thing, it, it is definitely all aesthetic. It's not even stat-boost, stat-based. Um, but, yeah. So, I, I have to agree, as far as the DLC is concerned. I think it's a little too early to tell, obviously, with Fallout 4 just because it hasn't mm-hmm. come out yet. It's hard to tell what kind of content's going to be thrown in there as far as what you can modify and how many parts and pieces you can build on these robots and how many frames uh, mm-hmm. there are to build upon and what kind of frames they are, like Assaultron mm-hmm. frames. Are they going to deviate from that? Um, you know, that sort of thing. So it's really hard to tell at this point. I, and I... Go ahead. I feel like the amount of playtime in the Fallout 3 DLCs was potentially less than the playtime in uh, the Skyrim DLCs and uh, that we'll be looking at with the Fallout 4 ones. Like, uh, obviously, we don't know yet. We haven't played them. We didn't get them yet. Right. So, But I, I have the feeling that there will be more playtime than... Uh, than there was in Fallout 3. Yeah. Plus, they did say that the uh, DLC for Far Harbor is gonna, is the biggest yet. So hopefully it's just not like a bowl of nothing with a bunch of locations scattered around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, moving on to the second email we have here. Dear Rick and Shalene, first off, I love the podcast. I only found it about two weeks ago, but luckily I drive three hours a day for work. Holy crap. So I have caught up rather quickly. I'm very excited for this new DLC and can't wait to have more adventures with Nick Valentine. I've discovered a lot of new things about this game that I didn't even know from this podcast. Like that you gain perks with your companions that stay when you leave them. I had only been running with dog meat since the game started and now this has opened up a whole new world to immerse myself in. I'll make a recommendation about power armor seeing as how you guys aren't using your vast collections of it. Put your companions in them. You can order a companion into a set of power armor and it will not use a fusion core. When building turrets at your settlements, the farther south you go, the better chance of building a higher level turret. Sanctuaries only go to Mark 1, but the castle can spawn Mark 1, 3, 5, 7 turrets when you create them. Did you know that you can kill Travis, the radio DJ, and you will get a new DJ by the name of Spoiler? See my below sign-off. I don't really know what that means. Anyway. Um, Maybe you can clarify that when I'm done. Uh, A fun bug I've encountered on the Xbox a few days before the last patch was every time a vertibird spawned over an area, it would drop a rad stag, which would plummet to the ground alive and die a horrible death or a comical (laughs) one. Off topic, I've started to run a pen and paper RPG Fallout campaign with some friends using the Savage Worlds gaming system. I have attached two pics of some Fallout material I'm using to give that Fallout feel. Thanks for the great podcast, Adam. Hoofed in the face. (laughs) Um, yeah. so yeah, what's he mean by the spoiler thing? 
Uh, it's okay. Am I allowed to spoil this? Are we, are we going for it? I guess, sure. Okay. If you kill Travis, then the new DJ is Shang the Water Cellar. Oh, right. I think we've talked about that before, actually. Yeah. That's funny. Um, there's a lot going on in this email. Um, you know, as far as the power armor, putting your companions in them, I never really did that just because the, I don't know, I sneak a lot and it sounds clunky when you're sneaking. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you hear it's kind of, you know. Can you put the settlers in your power armor? I thought they automatically went it if it went in them if there was a fusion core in them. I think I'm gonna do that. Just put, you know, like a guard at my settlement with a in power armor. I think I've tried ordering them into them, but they haven't gone in. I haven't I haven't done much with power armor at all. I'm I'm a I'm a bad scribe. I know I got my X01 <laughs> and it just sits collecting dust. <laughs> I painted it pink and I gave it purple headlamps and <laughs> I, I put it in the in the little power armor hanger in the garage, mm-hmm. and then next to it, I set up my uh, Adam Katz power armor and my Brotherhood power armor, <laughs> <laughs> and I go and I look at them. <laughs> I admire them. Yes. It's I like, feel pride in what I've done. It's like collecting bobbleheads. You just collect them and set them aside. You're like, ah, those are awesome, and they never use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is turret comment, too. I, I didn't even know that that was jurisdiction by how far south you could go. I yeah, I've never noticed that either. I, I knew that I saw different like Mark Fives or whatever, but I had no idea that it was based on the uh, how far south. I basically just spam turrets until the until the number ticks into the green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I strategically place turrets in places and I never get attacked. So, <laughs> and my gas station is under constant assault. So. Really, I. <sighs> None of my stuff Constant is ever. I got attacked by death claws the other day. Like three death claws came rolling into the Red Rocket gas station. Yow. You know that um, that busted up truck that's kind of behind the gas station? Yes. I had not scrapped that. I left it there because I liked the way it looked. And I put a chair next to it and I would sit in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> the death claws exploded the uh, the truck. <laughs> Which also exploded all my water pumps, and it was awful. It was oh, just no. a disaster. My robot was on fire, my drinking buddy robot. Earlier, I think it was, was it Vendertron talking about modding the drinking buddy? I hope we can mod drinking buddy. I, I would like that. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. He could, like, shoot ice-cold beers at things. <laughs> like that uh, weird Transformer in Transformers that shoots the yeah. cans of soda as a machine gun. Um That'd be pretty funny, yeah. So that's it for our emails. Oh, I, I wanted to point out, too, that's pretty cool that they're doing a pen and paper RPG. I've never really done... So I'm not a big board game player, but for Christmas, um, my cousins bought me the XCOM board game. And that is, like, the most complicated thing I've ever tried. I couldn't get through the tutorial. My eyes glazed over, and I was just like, this is no... I'll try again some other time, but this is way too many, way too many rules. I'm sure if you're a fan of like complicated RPG board games that the uh, mechanics transfer over a little and it's not as crazy, but just coming from like risk to XCOM was like, no. (laughs) So I wouldn't even begin to know what it would be like to do a pen and paper RPG. That's insane. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of it for our emails. Any, uh, any closing remarks, Shaleen, for this past show? Anything you're looking forward to? Specifically in the DLC? Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to uh, to playing it. I'm going to, after we get off the show, I'm going to go and uh, find some troubleshooter weapons, mod them out, and uh, <laughs> equip myself with some silver shroud armor so I'm ready to go. Get amped up for that DLC. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, we have a big announcement. Yes. We do have a big announcement. This has kind of been a while in planning. Um... So yeah, let's get to it first. Let's reveal what's going on, and then we'll talk more about it. So, guys, you ready? Here you go. This. KD Radio is going to be our new bi-monthly, at this point, podcast. So, yeah. Shalene, do you want to tell our listeners what all it's going to be about? Okay, first of all, I would like to say that just, you know, nothing is changing with Fallout Off the Record, you guys. Nothing is changing. Um, 
But Katie Radio is going to be our, our general gaming show in which we will talk about all the other games that, we, uh, that we're playing. And uh, we're we going to have uh, an open door for other QGN hosts to come on and, and talk about the games they're gaming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just want to talk about news in gaming and uh, the games we're playing, old games, retro games, new games, upcoming games, just the things we like. We want to just talk about what we love with you. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the biggest things that we really love about Fallout Off the Record is the community. It's super tight, and everyone's super pleasant. And we were thinking about, um, and in the chat room, yes, they're mentioning that the D does look like a bomb. The whole thing is supposed to be a bomb. The, the one part of the K is the tail, and yeah. So anyway, um, one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to bring the QGN community together a little bit more because I'm sure the guys on ESOTR and Warcraft off the record are a little tired of talking about Warcraft and ESOTR all the time and want a little bit more of an outlet. Plus, you know, it'll just bring the whole community together by having other hosts introduced to each other and stuff. So, um, yeah, like this, like Shirlene said, I want to reinforce this isn't going to change Fallout OTR at all by any stretch. Um, but this new show will be by week. What is it? What do we say? By month? Every, every other week. Yeah, every other week or something like that. And um, it's going to be just like Fallout OTR live stream to YouTube. The chat room is going to be there. It's going to be as a podcast as well. Um, you know, its own social media stuff so we can interact. But a little bit about the content that we're going to do. Not only are we going to talk about news and games that we're playing, we're also going to do like some game reviews and also reviews you never asked for. So we're going to like review games that are a little random or old. Like I'm really looking forward to live streaming some Duke Nukem 2. If anyone <laughs> remembers that game, oh, I loved that game. Or like some uh, Scorched Earth, the old DOS-based games. So yeah, um, that's going to be some stuff that we're going to do too. Uh, I will get a better computer so we can do more live streaming through KD. Um, but yeah, that's we are we've been planning it for a while. We've been figuring out how we would do it in a way. So we wanted to let you guys know so that when we jump into this thing. You guys can come along with us, and we think you'll enjoy it. You you all seem to have loved the time when we talked about Mass Effect, live streamed <laughs> Half-Life, and all the while being on a Fallout podcast, so that's kind of really what gave us a boost of confidence for this. Yes. Basically, if you enjoy our time of Fallout off the rails, you will enjoy Katie Radio. Yeah. So our social stuff, we're going to go ahead and give that stuff out, so that way you can start getting a little... Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Captain Dumak. I don't need a very computer, very good computer to stream Minesweeper. Wonderful. Yes. So um, <laughs> maybe I'll do that. <laughs> like an hour-long stream of Minesweeper, and I'll only comment when I lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can eat. You can tweet at KD Radio at KDRcast. So KDRcast. Uh, you can also email the show KDRcast at gmail.com. Give us some suggestions suggestions of yeah. games you would want to see us stream or games you would want us to review like our thoughts on games that we should play um and that sort of thing it you know just to kind of get things the ball rolling um i'm not quite sure when we have a start date for this or an air date we will have an episode zero and we will share the crap out of that when that comes up but we're working on a few technical kinks on our end just to get those things off the ground so yeah give us your feedback let us know if you are into this sort of thing or if you think it's going to affect fallout too much just let us know your thoughts on it we really 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 want to hear that um we really want to hear your feedback on this so it won't affect fallout at all i know it will remain unchanged i know but i just want to hear what people's thoughts are um to see where everybody's at because it'd be really cool i'd like yeah, to see- please send your emails we'd like to have some emails for our for our first couple episodes yeah so um, speaking of social engagement, you can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick, and you can tweet at Shaleen at Shaleen L on Twitter. You can also email the show falloutotr at gmail.com. Oh, I did also want to mention that when you're doing next week's gameplay challenge, send us your screenshots and stuff by using the hashtag falloutotrchallenge. That way we can keep them all organized and it's easier to share. Whew, excuse me. Um, yeah, so like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us out a lot. Plus, then you'll get notified when our episode zero goes up um, for Katie Radio. You can also find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Leave us reviews on those. We really appreciate them. We have a couple five-star review shout-outs. Donner, 9999 Um, and Danny Ray Jr. Uh, what is this one? Creeper Trent, 
Wonderful name, sir. And Sam the Plant. Those are our five-star shout-outs for this week. We record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash Network slash live. And you can check out other great QGN shows streaming on uh, YouTube as well. Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, Warcraft Off the Record, and Dancing with Daggers, which comes on later this evening on Twitch.com slash Network. Thank you so much for listening. And Shaleen, what are your last words for this evening? For those about to rock, we salute you. <laughs> <laughs>